You're listening to Life's Too Sport, the sport podcast from Now TV. And it's live! Well, not really. Good morning, good afternoon, whatever it may be when you're listening. Welcome to Life's Too Sport, episode 4, the brand spanking new podcast from Now TV. My name's Joe, and today I'm joined by Josh. Hello. And making his debut is Michael. Hi there. We've also got the ever-present Steve on the focus right. Hello. What have we got coming up? There'll be uh, a look ahead to Wimbledon and the Formula One Austrian Grand Prix. Ooh. Anthony Joshua continued his incredible run at the weekend. We'll have a review of that. All of this will be broken up by some sports chat. Uh, Josh presenting us with some stats he's strung together, a look into the remaining England versus Sri Lanka ODIs and much more. It's going to be jam-packed, so let's start off with... Guys, have we all been this week? Been pretty good, thanks. Well, yeah. barring last night, I guess. Yes, of course, the England game. Uh, but we're going to break this up a bit now. Josh, I believe you've been out and you've been speaking to people, getting the sports chat. I have, yeah. I've uh, once again gone out and spoken to my f- friends. Well, no, they're not friends. They're strangers. They're strangers, yes. <laughs> uh, I've, I've gone out and spoken to strangers who were in my flat. Um, about their opinions of its real-time, real raw emotion from the England-Iceland result. Um, So get ready for this, guys, because it might make you cry again. Sports. 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 I like sports. So here we are in the immediate aftermath of an absolutely devastating defeat for England to Iceland, and I am joined by my real-world fans once again. I am joined by Biz. But he's also brought a friend along. He's brought his best mate in the whole wide world, Mr. Charlie Kirby. Hello, fellas. Football friend. So, how do you think it went? You know, out of 10, England's performance. Charlie, let's hear from you. Uh, well, it's got to be a naught, surely, by virtue of us losing and fair place to Iceland because they were the better team. It wasn't a smash and grab lucky job. We didn't deserve to win. There was no tempo and no organisation. I think you were too kind there, giving them a zero. I would have given <laughs> them a minus ten for just how uh, abysmal the last 90 minutes of football have been. Second half especially, we were just awful. It was embarrassing to watch. So, a very condemning review of England's performance. Uh, given now, then, our obvious tournament favourites, England, have gone out. Um, who are you going to back to win the Euros, Biz? I'm going to uh, go out on a limb here and say um, Wales. Ooh, nice. I I think that whoever wins the Wales-Belgian game will definitely get to the final. Um, I don't know. It's hard to look past Germany. They always do well, don't they, annoyingly? That is very true. So, uh, last couple of questions for you then. Um Obviously, Roy Hodgson's job will probably be in the wind now, collecting his P45 as we speak. Uh, in a dream scenario, who is going to take over the England job? Who wants to go first? Um, who would I give the England job to? It depends if they've got to be English or not, if they set that rule. If they've got to be English... That's a rule. Well, no, but they often say, don't they, we want an English manager, blah, 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 blah. If, if it had to be an English manager... Gary Monk? I know he's Welsh, isn't he? Um, (laughs) Good start. (laughs) um, um, 
I know, Pardew, I mean, he, he's only good for 18 months, but England only get together once every, like, five months, so it will last, like, three years if you get pards in. Do you know what? I would, um, it's, a, it's a slightly silly one, but I think he, it would be a bit more passion on the side of the pitch and on the field if uh, King of Our Hearts, Sir David Beckham, was the manager of England. Sir Lord David <laughs> Beckham. We have it here first then. David Beckham or Alan Pardew for the next uh, England job. Together as a dynamic duo. Fantastic. Thank you so much, guys. Bye now. Bye now. So there you have it. That was my real world investigations. Biz and Charlie, thank you very much. Fellas, what do you think? Do you agree? Celebrating? Crying? Whatever. You know, what did you, what did you, what did you feel? Crying deeply to the sounds of Adele in a dark room. That's uh, pretty much my summary. No, I, I partially agree, um, I, but I think we need to go for someone a bit fresher. I think we need Eddie Howe. Yeah, I'll go with Eddie Howe as well. Um, although the uh, David Beckham one, it's an interesting comment by, uh, by a stretch of the imagination. <laughs> I would back David Beckham. Uh, there's such, uh, such passion for England. I mean, he did produce the greatest English display of all time for a draw against Greece. So if we can capture just, I mean, that's the level that England are performing at these days, a draw. Um, so if we can have more of that, David Beckham all the way for me. I think we need someone that's going to coach him on the pitch, though, don't we? I mean, I know we had Gary Neville in there as a coach, but he just, it didn't seem like he did anything in defence. Uh, I mean, England attempted 56 more shots than their opponents throughout the tournament, but scored as many as they conceded, four. It's just not good enough, is it? Well, you can't. Go buy a ticket to win the raffle, I guess. <laughs> and it's such footballing cliches. I mean, my summary of it was Kane has as much predatory instinct as a spoon. Uh, Hart forgot to rinse the head and shoulders off his hands before he got on the pitch. Uh, Hodor's more solid than Smalling and Cahill at the back. Uh, and Wilshire has as much right to be on the pitch as I did, which, needless to say, is no right at all. Um, fair assessment, but hopefully Roy's boys will no longer be there. Some of the uh, ones that seem to be picked for no reason whatsoever. Yeah. Well, it's one of those things, isn't it? I wish Iceland the best of luck. I don't think they'll get past France. Um, but with that in mind, we now we now know what the last uh, the last games are in the quarterfinals. We've got Poland versus Portugal, Wales versus Belgium, Germany versus Italy, and France versus Ireland. So with that in mind... Let's go uh, rattle through these, uh, get production, uh, prediction, sorry. Scoreline, no more. Josh, Poland, Portugal. 4-0 Portugal. Going 4-0 Portugal, Michael. 3-1 uh, Portugal. Okay, Wales, Belgium. 4-0 Wales. 2-1 Wales. <laughs> Germany, Italy, Josh. 4-0 Germany. <laughs> um, 1-0 Italy. France versus Iceland. 1-0 Iceland. <laughs> uh, 2-1 to France. The reason I'm backing Iceland is everyone said England were going to beat them. And I saw a very well-organised, well-drilled team. You know, that team wasn't, you know, by two for one. It wasn't It wasn't cheap. It was. I thought it was a well-drilled. And um, apparently it's impossible to defend against a long throw-in. But anyway, let's, uh, let's move on. What have you got next for us, no, for us Joe? That's fair enough. Well, at the time of recording this, Novak Djokovic has already beaten James Ward and made it through to the next round. And of course, as per usual, we're backing Andy Murray to go on and win it. Of course. What do we make of it? <laughs> what do we 
What do we make of his chances? He's looked good since reuniting with Ivan Lendl, uh, and he's also claimed a fifth Queen's title. He'll avoid Federer, but we'll meet him in the final if both make it that far. What do we reckon? Well, I think it's just going to be the same thing again. It's the same. Uh, it's watching the same episode on repeat. You're going to get Murray and Djokovic in the final. And it'll be a five-set thriller, which Djokovic will take. I think there might be a couple of surprises this year. I mean, Raonic was looking good at Queen's until uh, the final against Murray. Looked good in the first round again. Um, but, yeah, Lendl back with Murray. It's a good team. So you think they've, uh, they're a good team. Does he factor into the way Murray plays? Yeah, I, th- I think he's got... Uh, he actually gives Murray some more direction than he has been getting previously. He also introduces that level of boredom that Andy seems to have <laughs> as well. Like, he's on the same, like, grumpy level. Like, they both like to just sort of, well, you know, it was, it was all right, did all right. And Ivan obviously never smiles. That's the joke that everybody likes to make that's tired already. Um, but, you know, I think, they're, I think they're both on the same emotional level. Um, that is vapid. Same grumpy level, but we mustn't forget that the time he hit Lendl in a charity match after winning Queen's three years back, which also saw him holding the Wimbledon trophy aloft just a few weeks later. This is true. Very, very true. Uh, Let's finish it off. One of the big stories is Great Britain's Marcus Willis, who's currently placed uh, 772nd in the world, uh, and easily overcame Ricardus Barankis, who is placed 54th in the world. He now faces seven-time winner Roger Federer in round two. Don't rate his chances. I do. <laughs> he's British. Got to back him. All the way. All Always. The Even though he's coming up against possibly the greatest tennis player of all time. To be fair, he might win a game okay. during the course of the whole match. <laughs> That's like a whole match though, isn't it, right? Or are we getting confused? Am I getting confused again? Game, game set, set match. match. Now that's where that saying comes from. I didn't know before. Right, let's shift on, Michael. This is your area of expertise. We're moving on to the Formula One Austrian Grand Prix. Uh Uh-oh. Yeah. Hamilton looked as though he was coming into some form a few weeks back, uh, and he had back-to-back victories in Monaco and Canada. Rosberg seems to have halted his progress and has won the previous two races held in Austria. 24 points separate the two Mercedes men. Do we think Hamilton or Rosberg will come out on top, or will we see someone else take the spoils? I think think it's all looking Mercedes again. It's a track that suits all Mercedes cars, so unless the Ferraris can get in front of them at the beginning, I don't see it being a bigger change of events. Watch out for the Force Indias, though. They've been doing really well, got that same Mercedes engine, and Perez is on fire. Okay, so in one name, who do you think is going to win? Hamilton. Josh? A driver of some description. (laughs) I'm no, I'll d- damn it. I've already been... No, hang on. Uh, Rosberg. Rosberg. Yes. You were going for a third win in Austria with Rosberg. Yes. Okay. I don't I know why. I think it's the only name he knows, Joe. No, I know Hamilton. We've discussed there it. We like The last three episodes, his name has come up, so I know who he is. And I've done some research, but we're going to get to that. I'm going to go with Hamelberg. Going to go for a mixture. One of them will win. No, it will be Hamilton. Hamilton. Yeah. <laughs> Formula One. Yeah. Now, am I right in thinking, Josh, that you went out this week and got some stats together? Uh, sort of. Sort of. Yeah. Okay. It's not what you're expecting. I'm. I'm looking forward to this. So, okay. So, hang on. I'm gonna play a jingle. 
bid because I've looked foolish the last two weeks on Formula One and I've already looked foolish on this episode so far. So uh, I decided I was going to do a whole um, pretending to know what I'm talking about kind of thing. Uh, and I believe this will show up that I really don't know. Uh, it's kind of exactly the same thing that you said. Um, I know that uh, it's a permanent track in Austria providing the authentic F1 experience that helps to get your engines revving and your hearts racing. As for stats, well, oh, I've got some doozies for you. Uh, I was more interested in the engineering side of things um, because when it came down to points and names and stuff, I just got lost. Um, so I found out more interesting facts. So here we are, fellas. Tell me, did you know that during street course races, the manhole covers on the streets have to be welded down because the downforce of the cars can lift them clean out of the hole. This is getting my heart racing. Yeah, well, oh, you wait. <laughs> did, did you know that an F1 car, obviously, can accelerate from 0 to 160 kilometers per hour and then decelerate back to zero in just four seconds? Wowzers. You, this, I, you know, I'm starting to understand why this is such a well-received sport. And uh, here's another impressive one. Um, put something for the real-world application of cars. The cars can be refueled at 12 litres per second. The rig used would take just four seconds to fill the tank of an average road car. I'm pretty sure that would do my Ford Fiesta. Yeah. Uh... And that's what I've got for my stats. Because I was going to come up with, you know, how long it takes to go around. Is it the Austrian Grand Prix, isn't it? We've yeah, already yes. said that. And it, Am I right in thinking that it's a place called Spielberg? You are correct. Yeah, so when I read that, I then started like going, oh, Spielberg, wicked. And then obviously I went on a tangent and started looking at Spielberg movies and watched Jaws. <laughs> um, so like this is the problem that we ran into last time because it always comes back to movies for me. Um, and like last last week, I obviously I was, I was going to watch Rush and then I failed to watch Rush again. Um, but I am actually going to this time try and watch the Grand Prix. I've got, I've got time set aside for it and everything. But that was my terrible, terrible stats. Um, I hope you enjoyed and learned something new. All you <laughs> F1 fans out there, because I know I sure did. <laughs> right. Well, with that, uh, that put to one side, <laughs> uh, we'll go. We'll move on to the boxing. Uh, seventeen fights and seventeen KOs later. Anthony Joshua has retained his IBF heavyweight title with a devastating knockout of Dominic Brazil. Of course, is that how you say that? Brazil, yes. <laughs> Finally, I know that <laughs> as well. Because <laughs> I, was, I, was, I, was, I was really, really scared that I was going to have to try and remember how to say that. And I was like, I was like, I'm just going to be like, yeah, Joshua versus David. <laughs> I wasn't even going to try. But yes, 17 knockouts, 17 wins. He's on fire, isn't he? Or is he, you know, what do you guys think? Well, Sky, of course, held the pre-fight presser here at the studios. Uh, I went along, got the general feeling around some of the questions. Uh, and he's 
not really been tested against someone that could put him you know, right on the edge. Uh, I don't think this should even be a question asked, to be honest with you. Um, but the majority of the pieces that I've read since is about kind of, you know, they, they back him being the, the real deal. But uh, from what we've seen, if you have seen any, is he the real deal? Yes. I mean, the way I always look at it is when I look at a boxer, I look at them and think, could I take him? I'm sure we've all done that in the same room. You know, could I, if I saw him in the club, could I knock him out? And I look at Anthony Joshua and I think, absolutely no way in hell could he, I ever he try. He's a monster, isn't he? He's it? an absolute monster of a man. And that's why I feel like he must be the real deal. Like you look at the greats like Tyson and all that. Again, you look at them and think, no, 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 no. Then you start going down the order and you think, oh, he's only a little skinny guy. Of course, I know that I would never take him, but I like to think that sometimes I could. I quite like, what's <laughs> quite refreshing is he's not like the other fighters that kind of sit there and go, oh, I'm going to beat you up. He just sits there. He's down to earth. He's got a smile on his face, and he gets down to business. He doesn't care at all. I, th- I think he's uh, he is a the, a big deal, but oh yeah, did take him seven rounds. Only. Well, that's still seven. I've seen people go down in three before. But that's seventeen KOs in seventeen fights. Like, I mean, you wouldn't mess with him. I, I'm just putting across a different point of view here. Devil's advocate. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I'm here. <laughs> and that's what we love. This is unbiased <laughs> coverage of the world sport. Uh, right, with that, uh, we've got that again. Uh, any other business? We've got uh, England versus Sri Lanka in the remaining one-day internationals. So Owen Morgan's men currently lead this uh, the series 1-0. Uh, it's a five-match series, remember. There's been one incredible draw, a complete drubbing, uh, and a washout. Two remain, the first of which is played on Wednesday and the last on Saturday. Just quickly as we're running out of time, will Sri Lanka fight back or do we think England have already knocked the stuffing out of them? I think um, England are pretty much there and done really. Roy is playing exceptionally well, as Plunkett is as well. I think that last ball six in the first game kind of really epitomised that they're struggling a bit in England now. <laughs> yeah. they, 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 they were absolutely smashed in the second one. They kind of looked like they were fighting back in the third match, but uh, I think four and five... Uh, going to be pretty comprehensive i would agree with all of your sentiments <laughs> oh no hang on we're unbiased no <laughs> sri lanka will bring it back with a stunning victory in the next two <laughs> in the next two yeah just one victory in the next two yeah <laughs> one of at one point they'll get a stunning victory in the next two <laughs> with an impressive six uh 400 run chase I'm being pretty up. impressive, to be fair. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Too impressive for them. <laughs> Finally, England completed the whitewash with a tremendous 44-40 win over the Aussies at the weekend. It's more of a cricket score. I know. <laughs> There's, <laughs> There's one thing that I pick out from an England perspective. Uh, there were occasions in the three-match series when we were pegged back to our own try line but we kept calm, cleared it, all won a penalty to relieve the pressure. I can only remember us crumbling under that kind of pressure in years gone by. Also, Dylan Hartley's been an inspired pick as captain, I think. What are your thoughts? Have you got any arguments or disagreements? Well, I think uh, initially it looked a bit strange, but it's worked. Um, They all come together, they seem to be going well, and yeah, in Australia, it's just impressive. This is a more united, stronger, snarlier team. It's nice to see from an England team. You know, we, I don't think we've had this kind of 
sort of almost passion for the game since Johnny Wilkinson's beautiful drop goal in the in the World Cup all it those years ago. Wasn't it? Yeah, uh, it, it, it's just a it's a you know I've, I've I've already admitted my failures on this podcast once, and I'm happy to admit them again. I think that the England rugby team, good job. <laughs> Good, good job. We'll rattle through the last few stats then. Eddie Jones has won nine from nine since taking over as England coach. Uh, Maro Itoje has won each of the last 27 games he has started in for club and country. That in itself is incredible for a youngster. England have uh, had never won a test series in Australia until now. Uh, the wins over Australia shifted England up to the rankings and are now second place behind world champions New Zealand. New Zealand, we are coming for you. England had only won. <laughs> England had only won three tests in Australia from 17 contests between 1963 and 2010. I'd say that's turned its head now. I think that's enlightening and informative, <laughs> gents. It's been absolutely ramo, but thoroughly enjoyable. Thanks, Michael. And no worries. Thank you, Josh. Thank you very much. And thank you, Steve. You've been listening to Life's Too Sport, the sports podcast from Now TV. Don't forget, there's an abundance of sporting action coming from Now TV with the final England ODIs against Sri Lanka, plus the T20 clash next Tuesday. We've got two NatWest T20 blast ties, three first utility Super League battles, and the exclusive Austrian Grand Prix on Sunday. Yay! That's all. Make sure you tune in next week and enjoy the breadth of sport coming your way from Now TV.